and welcome back to the Dreamcast. I am your host, Denise Walsh. I combine science, scripture, and stories that will inspire you to dive deep, break through your own personal glass ceiling, and design a life of your dreams. Do you feel like you've not been able to make headway in achieving your goals? Or did you start the year pumped, ready to move forward on making things happen and simply lost your way? Things don't need to just get better. They actually can be better. In Design Your Dream Life, I'll show you a proven pathway to take you from where you are now to a life filled with joy, wholeness, success, and fulfillment. I'll give you the keys to not just developing a plan, but taking massive empowered action to make your dreams a reality. Turn roadblocks into stepping stones and leverage the power of gratitude and forgiveness. Let's face it, taking massive empowered action and making your dreams a reality isn't always easy. So I'll be there with you every step of the way. Visit dreamlifetoolkit.com to purchase your copy of Design Your Dream Life, obtain resources and join our free community. Again, that's dreamlifetoolkit.com. Big, big welcome back to the Dreamcast. Our next guest works exclusively with those who've gotten their business up and running, right? Off the ground, actually launched and into the marketplace, but are ready to seriously level up. They're ready to upgrade their approach. They're ready for clearer focus, for stronger leadership, for duplication, for help with scaling. And what's so cool about our next guest is honestly, there's just one main thing along with strategy and skills and all the things you can learn. There's one thing that he pushes everybody to grow first, and that is their mindset. And so I am so excited to learn from our next guest as he up-levels all of our businesses together. So big Dreamcast welcome to mindset expert, Joe Trotten. Hi, how are you? Good. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. I know you currently work with entrepreneurs and really helping them to scale their business and grow themselves so their business can grow and scale and duplicate and all of that. But I know you didn't start off there. So tell us a little bit about where you got started and why mindset was so interesting to you to begin with. So I did the traditional thing of university, you know, so you do quite well in school. So what you're supposed to do, go to university. Uh, I did law there, which is really boring. Um, no, no offense to any lawyers out there, but it wasn't really my thing. Then all the money was in IT when I left university. So I did a crossover to that. So I was basically on autopilot, just going into something I thought was a, a, a career, you know, what, what I was supposed to do, I guess. But I just had an epiphany moment when I was walking into work one day after walking the same way for probably, you know, whatever that is, 1,500 times on the same way into work. And then just thinking, I just can't do this. So after that, I'd always been really interested in people's heads. So I did a psychology degree remotely while I was still working. I went then to work for a charity in the UK because I was interested in helping young people. I really want to make a difference in the world. But from there, I realized that business was the way to make a difference. So I set up my own social enterprise. I went to work for a coaching business with entrepreneurs. And from there, everything just snapped into place. Yeah, you really got to see the work in action because 
honestly, mindset is the single biggest factor for success in entrepreneurs, right? This is a hard journey. We've got to keep ourselves motivated and inspired and focused. So what are some of the commonalities you noticed when you really dove into the entrepreneurial world? The biggest thing for everybody is authenticity, right? I mean, the, the pressure, particularly in that entrepreneurial environment, to be something that is expected of you is massive. You know, and that you're supposed to be much further on. There's a lot more talk of the success stories. There's not, you know, there's certainly not an equal market share in the media for the things that go wrong as well. And that things take so much more time. So I think like the authenticity thing is massive. And um, the self-awareness, knowing where your superpowers are, what we call superpowers, and how you're actually going to use them effectively in your business. You know, knowing this this point I'm talking about where you're taking them beyond into the next level, they often then have to change their style. They have to bring other people on. They have to delegate. And understanding yourself, your fears, where you really should deploy your energy is massive. And it's actually not something that we're, we're not really taught that. You know, education is more of a kind of, it's almost a memory test, you know. And if you happen to do well and you've got a good teacher and, you know, there's all these confounding factors. But then you reach that point where it's all on you and you really need to, you really need to be self-aware when you hit that threshold. Tell me a little bit more about this superpower. How do you help people either tap into it or figure out others? Because once you know yours, you kind of have to figure out other people's superpower to have and create a, a good team around you. Yeah, you absolutely. You have to encourage them to do that as well. And this is this whole thing about you have to change when you level up and you bring people on. Because this is what happens with my entrepreneurs. They start to level up those around them because of their approach. But superpowers are really all about flow. So just to explain what a, a flow experience is, if, in case anyone's not familiar. So there's a guy, Mikhail Csikszentmihalyi. He coined this phrase in the first instance. And I think the easiest way to think about it to, um, as an introduction is around like extreme sports. So when someone is, you know, doing that downhill slalom and they are, at, you know, flying at whatever that is, 70, 80 miles an hour, going down that hill, they're not really thinking all the time about, all oh, right, and I need to do this and I need to do that. They're like really just connected to what's going on in that moment. So you feel all that energy that comes through that. You feel just, you feel like it's you in the moment. You're not thinking about time. You're absolutely lost where you are. Now, when I talk to my, and your brain chemistry changes when you get into that state. So when I talk to my entrepreneurs about that, they have different things that get them into flow. So for me, it's strategic work. When we've got like everything out on a board and I'm trying to look at all the relationships between things and map out timelines and processes. But I, I love all of that. I just get lost in the moment. I have entrepreneurs, their superpower is absolutely around the people. So something I don't have, for example, <laughs> which is the, you know, those people at the networking events that can just glide around the room and they instantly connect with everybody and they remember all their kids' names. I'm not very good at that, but, you know, that's not really my superpower at all. But I've got an entrepreneur who does that. So then he uses that to get people more involved, to create the right cultures around him, like Richard Branson does. Richard Branson's superpower is around that, you know, this connecting of people. So when you are trying to work at what that is, we do exercises on the program that help you to define that. But really for your listeners, it's just to actually just break your autopilot and step back out and think, what is it that really energizes me? You know, when are those moments? What is it I'm doing in those moments that really give me that energy, that really make me feel connected to what I'm doing? Because you need to identify them or you won't make it to world-class levels and you won't know where your gaps are that you might need to fill. 
Right. Right. And that's where the self-awareness comes in because when you understand what makes you flow and what makes you tick and what you really connect with, then you can do that more. And then you can transfer that and help other people figure that out for themselves. And when you've got the right people on the team that are all kind of in their zone of genius, things can really thrive at that point. Yeah. So the entrepreneurs that I'm working with, this is like an active part of their plan to go, okay, this is your superpower. Yes, you have to do, you know, A, B and C that maybe you're not so great at the moment, but how do we engineer your strategy so that you can start to leverage that? So again, I've got somebody else who's excellent at uh, deep relationship building. So when they're looking to expand internationally, we're trying to, to move that forward a bit because you're so good at that. So let's try and build that relationship in that way. And let's get somebody else in for the numbers. You know? Right, right. <laughs> play to, absolutely play to your superpowers. Play to your strengths, outsource the rest. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there are some blockers. You know, I think if, if entrepreneurship were easy, then everybody <laughs> could would be doing it. But so there's reasons why either people are intimidated to get started or they get started and then they count themselves out or, or they run into fear, anxiety, imposter syndrome, all the things that can stop us in our tracks. What are some of the common mindset blockers that entrepreneurs specifically seem to run up against? The big thing is separating the idea from the self, which is really hard, do you know? Because when you come up with that idea and it becomes so intrinsic and then everybody sort of knows about it and you're the person that does that thing um, and you're trying to get your business off, there's just there's so much pressure that can be put on people because they can't separate. And that really prevents them from understanding where is this market gap? You know, how should I pivot? What should I really look at? Because there are loads of problems out there, but it's understanding exactly who is that customer? What is that problem? How do you pivot? So an example of that is a guy that I work with, very passionate about disabled travel. So his original business was going to hotels and saying, you've got rooms for disabled travelers. You don't promote them that effectively. We can do that for you. So he tried that business model and it it kind of worked, but it wasn't really ever going to last because the hotels don't actually care if that room gets rented to the disabled person, right? They care most about, does the room get rented? So I'm paying you to show a room to a a fraction of my audience. And he had to pivot that. We had quite a tough conversation at one point. He had to pivot that to who's got the real problem here. And it was the disabled traveler, right? I mean, it was them that have got the the market problem. And now his business is absolutely flying. But there there was a moment of just letting that go and it not being, I am like my idea and I've got to double down. That's a really hard line because of that thing, all this, the message about persevere and you know, the road is hard and all of that, like knowing when to do that. This is why you need people around you to just, you know, sense check yourself. Oh. A real key thing is that the self-awareness of knowing. So I don't know if you know who Carl Jung is, a psychotherapist, psychoanalyst, right? So he talks about the shadow self. Have you heard of the shadow self? Yeah, so, I was, um, I got my master's in clinical psych as well. Oh, so, so, yeah, <laughs> so totally up my alley, yeah. <laughs> Preaching to the converted here. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but this, this concept of shadow self, which is this, you know, this voice of doubt that comes into your head. The thing is, everybody has that. It's another one of those ones that is not really talked about. You know, people say, oh, everybody's got these fears. But they're very specific to you. Do you know, whatever that fear of rejection is or what you're supposed to be, what your life's supposed to turn out to be. But by confronting that head on, 
that can start to really move some of those blockers away. It's about getting it out of your head and down in front of you so you can actually start to challenge it. Otherwise, you end up just in this emotional washing machine a lot of the time because you don't know what you're afraid of. You just feel the physiological reaction to it. So I think this is that, that's one of the, the key things I would say for your listeners is don't be so intrinsically tied to your idea. You can still live that passion and make this impact that you want to have, but just be mindful of how you can actually shift your business model at times. I think that's really important. I know my for myself, I've been there where I'm so passionate and so excited that I'm staring at the tree and you know, and you feel like you're grinding so hard when you take a step back and you look at the big picture, there may be lots of other options or pivots or changes or, you know, twists that you can do that might flow even better, but you can be so connected to the idea or the outcome or your purpose or even just your place within the idea that sometimes we do get lost in that. So I love that taking a step back and really understanding the whole story and then being intentional about what you can do next and and knowing that it could change again. It could change again. Absolutely. And if you look at most successful businesses, they do. And indeed, no, nobody, I've worked with hundreds of entrepreneurs and nobody's come with the startup idea and then we've just executed, you know, 100% on the plan that was in front of us, right? I mean, that has never, ever happened. So again, for your listeners, they may be the first, but uh, it's never, ever happened. Just be aware that, you know, that option is there to do that and sense check. Yeah. And, and you're right. Having people around you that can see the forest from the tree and, and can really see and help guide. I mean, that's why mentors are so important and coaches are so important. So you're not just in your head kind of grinding it out alone, but you've got the support and wisdom from people who've been there before you. Now, you talk a lot about linking neuroscience, which is kind of one of my favorite topics as well. Cool. Um, and so I'd love to hear how you, I know it's so fun, <laughs> how you link it and how you teach it and how it like impacts your entrepreneur. So I think one of the key things is understanding just how the brain is actually wired. You know, there are, there's a hundred trillion connections inside your brain, which if you lay dollar bills end to end, would stretch to Saturn and back six times. Like that's how many connections there are inside your mind. And we get trapped into this autopilot because the brain is designed to keep you safe, right? Now, safe is, doesn't necessarily mean happy. Safe means alive. You know, it's an evolutionary thing. So the brain then will create those pathways and coat them with myelin, which is like a superconductor. So then when it coats with myelin, it means that the preferred path all the time, which is why you get trapped in this autopilot, why you get trapped in these thinking loops about what your version of reality actually is, how you reinforce those stories in your head. And it takes a conscious breaking of that to actually start to rewire it. I mean, the great thing about myelin is that when you slow your thinking down, it'll recoat different neural networks. So that means you can change the way that you think. You can change your behaviors. But it is a conscious process because it's basically if, the, if some external event happens, it hits that neural network. Your brain just wants to go, well, this is what we do. This is what we think. So you have to be what we call hypervigilant that that's actually going on. But I find it really powerful for people just to know that it is a physical process. Sometimes mindset is talked about as, you know, just a quote on Instagram or something, but it's the, the absolute bedrock. And if you look at something like superpowers, so this flow state, 
your brain chemistry changes there as well. So you'll get like norepinephrine, anandamide, all these different chemicals start to happen in your brain that give you more access to lateral connections, mean that you can go for longer, you get that good feeling. And even uh, the shadow self, the shadow self lives in a part in your brain. It lives in the dorsolateral prefrontal cortex inside the front of your brain. And this is like the self-regulating uh, voice of doubt. It's a monitoring thing. But this is effectively where it lives. So all of the sort of theoretical stuff all ties back in to how your brain actually works. And it's the same space that shuts down when you use a superpower. That's why you just get so much in the moment, why whatever you're doing there, you're not constantly sort of criticizing yourself. You're totally into what you're doing. I mean, what, what's one of your superpowers? What would you say was one of yours? Um, I think one of my superpowers is teaching. Right. So when you're, when you're in the moment, maybe when you, re, you, know, you reflect on things and think, how can I improve? But you know that when you're just in that moment and you're connected to the people you're teaching, right? You yeah. can feel it now. You yeah. can feel it, right? Yeah. So that that's sort of self-monitoring thing shuts down, which is why it's so important to keep develop, like focus on those superpowers and develop them because you learn faster and you enjoy everything more. But it is all based on the neuroscience inside your head. Ooh, yeah, that's so, I mean, you guys think about your own superpower. Where, what are you doing when you feel so good? Time goes by so fast and you, you kind of leave going, this is what I'm supposed to do. You know, even when Joe is just mentioning that, I remember this time on stage doing my thing going, yes, this is what I'm supposed to do. And you feel that. So when you're in that flow state, that self-monitoring voice gets quieter. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. Yeah. And so the more we do the flow state, the more kind of neural pathways we train, we retrain our brain to strengthen there rather than automatically going to that fear zone. And because of these like chemical changes in your brain, you learn faster in flow as well. So DARPA have done studies where military personnel were learning 230% faster. There's a McKinsey study that showed uh, CEOs over 10 years using flow state to be five times more productive. Because think about it, it all makes sense, right? You know, you're in that state where you're hyper aware, you can take in more information, you're processing things faster, you're energized. Like it's just a total it's a total win win situation, you know? Right, 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 right. And to recognize too that the self monitoring part of our brain is where fear or doubt or anxiety comes from. And really its job is just to keep us safe. And when you take its power away, meaning you don't put all your eggs in that basket. You know that it's there, but you aren't taking it so seriously. I feel like you can then take steps in the direction of your dream, so to speak, like of what you want to do because you're noticing it, but you're not allowing it to consume you. Yeah, I have my guys sort of enter in a dialogue with it as well. Again, it's all about bringing this stuff so it's more of a concrete thing. I've even had them draw out their inner critic. So I've, I've drawn mine before. My inner critics, um, you know, the, the shadow self is... It definitely looks like it's an academic guy. And I can see it. It's got the mortarboard on the head and it's got this massive watch that it's always tapping and pointing to because of this pressure of like, hey, you're supposed to be really smart. You're supposed to be getting things done much faster than you are. You know, but other people's are totally different. I've had them like it was a child with a teddy bear and saying, oh, you're not sort of paying enough attention to me. And it's just really fascinating because there's a commonality around that fear, but what people fear and what drives all of that is very different. And again, I feel this is part of your genetics 
as well as your environmental circumstance, you know, what you believe is possible, what that story is that you have in your mind. Yeah. And that's, again, a part of that self-awareness, taking this step back and really understanding who you are and why you are the way you are and, and then what your strengths are, what is your inner critic really saying and what is it there for, where does it come from, can give you the ability and strength to keep moving forward in Absolutely. a much more, you know, I feel like if you don't have that self-awareness, you're going through the motions and you don't even know what the roadblocks are. Yeah. And you get, what happens is it's like you're almost on a beach and you just get hit with this tidal wave. You know, once you're in that swirl, you're not really in control. This is why entrepreneurs get that total overwhelm feeling. And sometimes they can't see a way out and then they'll recover. But unless you actually start to understand what's at the root of all of these things, all you end up doing is going, Oof, well, now I can stand on the beach but you get hit by the next wave and then you're in that swirl again. And that cycle is something that happens to a lot of entrepreneurs before they get the right kind of coaching. And they almost don't know like, what, why did I get this, this feeling of overwhelm? But things just build up and there's a trigger. And because they don't know what's driving all of that, they just lose, they lose the plot, you know? And then they'll right. come back and then it, the cycle will repeat. So it's about taking control of that as much as you can. So how long do you typically work with entrepreneurs when they come to you? So what we do is I run a 12-week program to see if we're actually right for each other because my approach is pretty tough. I'm quite demanding. They've got to stay up to date with the stuff that they're doing. They've got to basically commit. I want to work with people who really do want to push the envelope to get on that path to be world-class. So we do the thing for 12 weeks and then sometimes that's enough for them. And for the ones who we're pushing further with, I work with some clients for over a, a year now because I can't... What, what I would be clear about is that I can't create some magic in 12 weeks. Like, this is on you. What I'm doing in 12 weeks is saying, generally, you come to me without the, the clear strategy. Because in startup stage, you probably experience this yourself. You've just got to do stuff and see what actually sticks. You know, the, the, a, a, some sort of five-year business plan on day one, I'm telling you, just put it in the shredder. And your financial forecasts are are crazy. Don't use them either. But then they come to me and it's like, so how do I actually make the most of this market? How do I build this team? So we get the context on that strategy and they'll leave after 12 weeks with a very clear route map. But the mindset work definitely takes longer because sometimes you've really got to chip away at some, you know, some pretty cast iron structures, but it's their desire to get there. And once they open that and we, and it is something that lights them up because it doesn't light everybody up and that's cool then, it, you know, there is, there's just no end to it. So it's a lifelong journey, a really exciting one, you know, knowing more about yourself and being this hypervigilant. It's great the, the sort of picking yourself up in the moment and going, like, what's really going on here? How do I feel and what, how am I acting and how do I make the most of what's going on? What's happening in this relationship? What am I doing? What's the dynamic? But all of these things start to come into their thinking. So in short, it's, it's 12 weeks really to get yourself clear on strategy. We'll leave with that strategy. And you will be more self-aware. But the ones who are wanting to go up to world class, yeah, we just keep working together. Yeah. Well, and what you find too, I'm sure, is that only so much in your business can be done in three months, right? And so sure. the longer you work together, the more ups and downs they'll experience, the more triggers, the more pivots, the more and the, the more that they'll need that support and, and sure. to break through. I always say breaking through your own glass ceiling because it's all these self kind of limiting beliefs that we put on ourselves that keep us where we are rather than busting through to our own next level. Yeah. It's, it's, it's 12 weeks to sort of, you come with the chaos 
So it's 12 weeks to give you a, a path. And then it's up to you if you choose to take that, you know, to, to go down that longer. And I, I am, I'll tell you right now, Denise, I am not the right guy for everybody. You know, there is no coach out there who is the right person for everybody. So it has to be a good match. Right. And you, and you do. You want to make sure that you guys flow. So, so, so to speak. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> have that connection. But I love that the first 12 weeks is chaos to clarity. Because a lot of times people come in and they've got this, they're wound up energy, right? And they're like, I'm trying, I'm doing, I'm, but I'm stuck and all of this. And so you can really help them with that roadmap. And then after that, it would really kind of bust them through. So yeah. another thing I, I hear, see here on your notes is about decision making. Now, I think mm. that as entrepreneurs, we're the drivers of the ship. And it's really easy. I mean, I was an employee. I worked in community mental health for five years before I became an entrepreneur. I was a really good employee. I like to say as a hard worker, tell me what to do. I will do it well. You know, I'm a bloomer. I'm planted kind of girl. But when you're the CEO and you're an entrepreneur, nobody's telling you what to do. And you don't, you, you end up being the driver of your own ship, right? And so sometimes decision making can be very paralyzing because you wonder, am I doing it right? And then if you've ever made a quote unquote wrong decision, then you second guess every step of the way. And so I found that decision making on my entrepreneurial journey is a very important part of the process because it's taking you in a direction or it's keeping you from going anywhere. So tell me your thoughts on that. Yeah, it's a strange paradox, isn't it? Because a lot of people become entrepreneurs because they want to make their own decisions. But then there are times when you're just like, somebody just tell me what to do. Um, it's, it's about that you develop more courage to do that you know, as, as you go through. And you'll find that there's, there's quite a nice thing around sort of 10, 10, 10. So how big is this decision actually going to be in 10 minutes? What will it mean in 10 months? What will it mean in 10 years? And more often than not, like the decisions that you can face and feel a bit of angst about, they're not as big as, as you make out in your mind. The challenge sometimes is that just understanding that you cannot always make the right decision. See, logically, everybody knows that. But if you were to say, do you think you're going to get every decision right? Of course not. Like, I'm not going to get every decision right. But there's still, again, it's a mindset thing that autopilot's going, got to get this right. And people face really big decisions, like that guy on his pivot, or like somebody else I'm working with who, do I take this investment deal? Is this now actually the right time to take it? But you have to make the decision. I feel what's useful for entrepreneurs is, what is the decision now? What is the decision for now? because it's about now and how you take the next step. Too often I think sometimes, particularly investment decisions, it's about what will this look like in two, three, four years time? Who knows? You know, is this the right decision for you to take at this moment? And again, being able to get it out of your head and bounce it around with people. But you do have to learn to trust yourself. There's a great video from Alan Watts. I don't know if you know who he is. He's a philosopher, but a bit of a happy guy. But he was talking about like whether you choose to trust yourself or not, it doesn't really matter. You know, you're still going to have to make a decision. So whether you choose to be ridden with this angst and not trust yourself, it's, it's all going to come out in the wash anyway. You know, as, as time goes on, that decision is just going to be one of many that you've taken. And if you look back on your life, you've made terrible decisions, right? Everybody has. But you're still here now and you've got the, the power to make that. So it's about putting the right amount of weight in it. I think that sometimes it can be easy in entrepreneurship to think this is going to be the biggest fundamental decision ever. But see, once you've made that and it's next week, lo and behold, there is the most fundamental decision of the week after. So it is about trusting yourself. 
My advice on that is to make sure that you do talk it out with people, that you try and separate your emotion from reality again, you know, try and pull yourself away from uh, being totally intertwined. But ultimately, make the decision, because more often than not making it is worse than the, all the angst and the procrastination that is creating. Right, right. You're, I mean, that's the thing. When you, when you second guess everything, you do nothing. Or you yeah. take a step and you go, oh my gosh, is this the right step? I don't know. And then again, you retreat back. And so that's the two steps forward, three steps back that people experience is, is taking so much weight in each decision that mm. it is paralyzing. But then also, I love the thought of trusting yourself, whatever decision you make. Because when you trust yourself, then you know, well, I'm, that's the best decision I made at that particular time, because that's what I felt at that moment. And it's okay, yeah. even if yeah. you pivot later. Yeah, like th this is another thing, like the hindsight bias, you know, as, as a thinking error to go, ah, oh, I should have known that. But you didn't. And now because of the way that your mind works and the brain makes those connections, you can't now put yourself back into that position just as you made that decision. So you've made it and maybe something hasn't gone right, but you didn't know the stuff, you know, that this that's come after, but your head again doesn't really work that way. You can't just, you know, oh, I'll just restore my brain and all my knowledge. You know, it's not like a website restore point, right? You can't just go, oh well, I'll just go back to exactly how that was and reassess. Because you would make the same decision. So I think with the trust is also forgiveness. Like to be able to forgive yourself for whatever it is that you've, you've done wrong. Do you know, it's, it's all right. Like, again, that's another hard thing for entrepreneurs because of this whole sheen of perfection, you know, that what, whatever that word now means in our world, like forgiveness doesn't seem to be a big part of it. You know, you have to get everything right and actually get entrepreneurs to write down what is it you need to forgive yourself for this week. Oh, it's so good. I, I feel like you're not just a business coach but you are really walking people through their personal struggles and hangups and allowing for that personal breakthrough, which will then translate into business breakthrough because they're going to be that much more equipped on the inside and outside to really go run with it. For me, I've always wanted to make an impact on the world, and um, which is why I was involved in charities and you know social enterprise and things like that in the past as well. I figured out that the best way to do that is to enable people to become this fully authentic self and to create that ripple effect out. Like it's business that's going to turn the world around, right? It's the right people doing the right business. And I feel that authenticity is such a massive part of that. And if you want to make it to world class, then you've got to have that level of self-awareness and understanding because it radiates out. You know, you meet people that are just connected to themselves. They're comfortable. They're authentic. You get that energy off them. And imagine what that would be like if we could just replicate that right throughout and get rid of all of this, you know, whatever's bubbling under the surface in, in society. Um, I think that's a really powerful thing. I, was, I did a leadership retreat on a cruise this past weekend with my team. And one of the things we were chatting about, kind of going through similar exercises and taking their businesses up a notch, is I said, and, and I, I haven't fully like processed it in my mind, but I said in my experience self-doubt or that lack of confidence is kind of the root of all evil essentially uh, meaning that if we all really like knew how awesome we were we would radiate out and we wouldn't take things as personally and we wouldn't like be on this roller coaster because we would just be kind of all 
love. <laughs> We'd be like loving ourselves and loving everyone else. But that root of self-doubt and self-confidence or all of that can sometimes eat away at us. And we don't even know that it's impacting the decisions or our business or people all around us when we're insecure like that. Yeah, because this is all the stuff that's happening. If you Again, if you know Carl Jung about that tip of the iceberg, all the stuff that's going on in the subconscious and all the things, like I say, with your brain going, I, your brain wants to be on autopilot. That's why it doesn't like you going outside of your comfort zone. You know, It'll give you that physiological, hey, stop, stop doing this thing that's really testing us. It's a risk, I don't like it. Um, because it's just a, a biological thing to try and keep you safe. And the, the principle you're talking about there, I mean, I mean, that's a big philosophical point, right? But I mean, this is my absolute utopia. And I believe that the world's problems would be solved very quickly if people were just aligned. Because I was misaligned in my IT job. You know, I, was, I wasn't like desperately unhappy, but I certainly wasn't radiating any sort of, you know, positivity and authenticity. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And if we, can, if we can get people aligned to that, then it's awesome. And I think entrepreneurs drive that change because they then can create the cultures that encourage what comes next and the impact they have on this and like yourself the impact you have on your people then radiates to their people and to whoever they interact with and so on so it's just it's a really powerful ripple effect yeah yeah this is so such an interesting conversation i'm i'm excited to continue to get to know you and and help spread your message you guys go to mindsetexperts.com co.uk that's mindsetexperts.co.uk to learn more about his program and just content library and lots of information there so two last questions for you joe sure. do you have a story of a client that you had that experienced really cool transformation that just stands out to you i do i won't give their name right or their business because i mean I, I don't i don't know if they want me to share exactly what what's happening yeah, with them, no but just going from Really small, like never done business at all before. Just had that the passion for the idea, and the, the what's been really exciting about them as they've gone through their journey is just the change in their in their leadership style and their authenticity. So by understanding themselves more, they can they've realised exactly where their place is in the business. It's a bit difficult because it's abstract, but do you know what I mean? I don't I don't know if they want me to say, hey, they were like this, and this is really messed up. And, <laughs> well, even just was, that self-awareness allows them to lead better, doesn't it? Yeah, so that like coming through that and understanding, like there is no cookie-cutter leadership. You've got to kind of lead in your own way and understanding what to let go of in terms of control. So, and Because the control, this need for control was really this really detrimental to their mindset and to their their approach because you can't control everything in entrepreneurship right nobody nobody really knows what they're doing anyway but you know you get that certain point no one knows what's going on but trying to control everything's really hard so you're trying to control other people impossible you're trying to control the market impossible and that ability to let go and find the balance there was something that was just really exciting for me because you could just see it fundamentally change their whole approach and opened up completely new avenues to them just by being able to self-aware. Am I, do I need to control this? Is this, because this is on me. You know, I need to look at this situation and think about how do I manage to let go to enable other people to become more, to enable this business to become more. That was one of my, my favorite sort of realizations and, and them experiencing that was awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. Very cool. All right. So my last question is, now, in order to teach mindset, right, you got to be learning, growing, filling yourself up consistently too. Sure. So 
what is one thing that you do every day that you couldn't live without? And then the second piece of that is I'm really interested in who you currently learn from. What I do every day, uh, I think it's just structure for me. Like structure is so important. And if I feel overwhelmed, it's because I am I'm not on plan, you know. I think the key thing is to make sure that I make progress every day. So understanding that on some days, it isn't actually the biggest rock that you're going to move or even the most important one, but move a rock. Because even, you know, you can know all the stuff about mindset, but you, I am still in those moments where it's like, whatever that, that task is, I can't face it or I can't do it. Or it's just, I don't know, there is some blocker there. But rather than procrastinate over that, it's about what can I actually do? And that's a really important shift, I think, for entrepreneurs to just think about what is the thing that I can do. What, one thing I would share, I, I read a lot from books. Um, I would recommend, I've just finished off Francesca Gino's Rebel Talent. Amazing. Amazing. Definitely read that. She's a phenomenon. That's awesome, that book. What about, is the title? Um, Rebel Talent. Rebel Talent. Okay. I'll so, it. so it's all about like different approaches to leadership, but there's a lot of um, self-awareness and she's really big on... Something she's really switched my mindset on was replacing fear with curiosity. So if you allow yourself to be curious about, well, what will happen if I do this, rather than I am always taking this action to get that outcome. Sometimes you need to do that, but sometimes you need to just go, I'm going to take this action and I'm giving myself permission just to be curious, just to see what will happen from that, rather than trying to control it all the time. That's a massive shift. I think that's a brilliant thing. Uh, one other, one very quick thing is that it is all about testing ourselves. So I think it's quite useful to think about another context to develop your mindset in. So I do have a bit of a, a control thing. You know, I, I'm, a, I'm a control guy as well, which is good. But again, there are times I want to let it go. So I went to an improv night and stood on the stage. I, I can assure you, uh, whatever the level is below beginner, I'm about 10 below that. But putting myself in that situation allowed me to, with hypervigilance, just understand like what's going on? Why, why are you trying to control this? Let yourself go, you know, be a bit ridiculous. And I think switching context is really good for that as well. So I've got somebody who doesn't like being the center of attention. How do you do that in your business? It's a bit too anxiety inducing. So she went and took an acting class because at that point you're in the center of your attention. And it's just about rewiring all that stuff, all those pathways in your head. If you give yourself another context to do it in, that can be really powerful. So I'd encourage your listeners and yourself to think about, you know, what's, what's a context that I could go into to maybe rewire some of my thinking. Ooh, so, so good. Thank you so much, Joe, for your time and wisdom today. You guys move a rock and do something different to retrain <laughs> your brain. <laughs> and check out mindsetexperts.co.uk, mindsetexperts.co.uk. All the links into the book and all the things that Joe mentioned will be in the show notes below. So thank you again, Joe, for your time and your thank wisdom you. today. Really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you very much. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today. I want to hear your aha moment from today's amazing episode. If you could leave a review at whatever podcast player you choose to listen from, Apple Podcast, CastBox, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you're listening from, leave a review and share with us your favorite part of today's episode. Thanks for hanging out. And remember to dream big.